You're listening to Fix Me a Drink, a Flaviar podcast. Welcome to another edition of Fix Me a Drink. I'm Noah Rothbaum, the head of cocktails and spirits for Flaviar. Joining me as always is my colleague and co-host, David Wondrich. How are you, Dave? Well, you know, same old, same old. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) All good. Summer travel season is heating up, but it's it's all fun. Absolutely. It is here. The summer is here. Summer entertaining. One of your favorite times of the year to to entertain and to host folks and and to make drinks and and food. I do like to grill and I do like to, uh, you know, get a whole yard full of people uh, talking and uh, and carrying on. I, I, you know, that's the good part of life. And we have a wonderful guest coming on. Amanda Freitag, one of the, you know, one of the most popular judges on the hit TV show Chopped, and also the author of the book, The Chef Next Door. She also does her easy AF cooking on her Instagram account. Um, she's wonderful chef, but also I think really wonderful person. So I'm looking forward to hearing her advice on uh, what to serve and uh, your summer soirees and pairing foods and drinks and hearing about summer travels. We'll get her on the line now. Welcome. Thank you so much, Amanda, for joining us today. Welcome. Thank you for having me. You both have a very good friend in common, um, Mr. Ted Allen, obviously host of Mm -hmm. Chopped, where you, Amanda, you are one of the, the regular judges on that hit show, Dave and Ted worked together for many years at Esquire. Dave was the drinks expert. Ted is obviously the food expert. Uh, Ted contributed some very fine Chicago bars to our to our best bars. And, you know, uh, the he, he was a very useful source of expertise. He speaks of those uh, years very fondly quite often. So Esquire was always the best job that you were ever going to have. And you knew it while you were doing yes, it. Yes, yes. He says the same. He says you know? the same. Even though it, did, it didn't, it paid much less than anybody else, but it didn't I, matter because it just felt cool. You know? And, and, who, <laughs> and who knew that he would be Mr. Chopped, you know, and, and right. you know, his faces on TV 24 seven, like probably <laughs> around the world, you know, you could go to the, the edges of the world and, and there you are, Amanda and your fellow judges and Ted. We have no idea how global we would be. <laughs> That's fantastic though. We are not going to make you do a chopped um, exercise or it wasn't, I, I was tempted to have somebody ring your doorbell with like a box <laughs> of drinks, you know, ingredients and be like, okay, now you have to make us a cocktail now. Like I three wouldn't of them. be surprised and I would be able to do it. <laughs> <laughs> it is obviously summer now. It, it feels like somebody has finally turned on the thermostat. Um mm-hmm. And uh, it is full-blown summer weather. Uh, and, and, you know, obviously that means somehow it's also like summer entertaining season. And I have to confess, I'm not completely ready for that. <laughs> <laughs> Get ready. Get ready. Yeah. Yeah. It's easy. It's fun. Well, I, I know David is you is one of your favorite times of the year to host parties and and oh, absolutely over. Or Amanda, is this you know? Are you a particular summer like entertainer or, or you? I you know? I mean yes, because usually, and I can't speak for this year really, but usually summer is uh, 
my less busy time, my least right. busy time. Um, so I will usually have, and it's different for New York City, uh, a rooftop 4th of July party. Oh, yeah. Because now I used to live in Chelsea and the fireworks were on the west side. Now I live oh, nice. Murray Hill and now they're on the east side. So oh. they, they made it for me and my friends. Absolutely. So always see the fireworks. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a 4th of July person. You This year we had to make an exception because of travel schedules. But, uh, but normally 4th of July, we have a, a little backyard in Brooklyn and it's not a big backyard. And we pack it absolutely full. Yes. Well, I'm envious of your backyard because uh, my co-op board would not like it if I had a grill on the roof oh. in my apartment. So I can't grill, unfortunately, but we do have drinks and simple foods. And I'm a Jersey girl, so I do go to the Jersey Shore every year. Oh, yeah. oh there you go. Okay. I have a grill at the little tiny house that I get for one week in Lavalette, and I have a blast down there. If I can ask for your 4th of July party, do you have like a set menu every year or do you do something different? Yeah, a set menu. It has a big, uh, fancy name. It's called Hot Dogs. <laughs> oh, there you go. See, yeah. but we, we learned early on that if you're going to do this thing, you don't want to be like worrying about the menu. Nope. You just you, you got to worry about getting the volume of food. That's right. We do we do lamb tacos every year because you can oh. marinate the lamb in advance and throw the butterfly lamb on the grill and then everybody's happy. That's fantastic. We do hot dogs and then um I always get a request for my potato salad which Ooh. I guess See, is good. It's all about the sides really. Yes. Well, what and what what is the secret to your potato salad? You know it's a it's a little bit of mayo, a little bit of mustard, lots of celery. Mm. Sometimes I'll put dill. You guys, oh, there you go. a little herb in there. Um, but I usually I usually don't overdress, but just enough. Lots of love in there. <laughs> I'm not sure I want to know the answer to this question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. I assume you are a mustard. And a hot dog kind of person, not a ketchup kind of. This is a debate in my own house we, with my own kids. Do, we could do a whole podcast about mustard and ketchup. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I think what it was the famous line that uh, from Dirty Harry, you know, only a psychopath puts ketchup on a hot dog, I think. Uh, well, I'm going to say I'm that psychopath because I grew <laughs> oh, up no. eating dirty water dogs, you know, yes. when I was a street messenger. And you want everything you can get on those except the nasty onions unfortunately well i'm half psychopath i'm that that kid who puts half mustard and half ketchup wow oh yeah you need both and so somewhere in the middle they kind of meet it's like a cocktail it's like yes. a, you yeah. get the the sweetness from the ketchup the acid from the mustard yes it's you know it's it's the a fatty it's salty a, hot dog there you go i thought you would both come down on the side of mustard this is not going <laughs> to help my case with uh well, I, I understand, you know, the, the mustard thing because I lived in Chicago when I was a kid. Yes, you have that. But years of training in, on the streets of Manhattan, you know, <laughs> it's like this is better if you put the ketchup on it. It needs it. So I, 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 I've come accustomed to it. Oh, this could we could talk about this all day because my dirty water dog is sauerkraut and mustard. OK, oh, there you go. Yeah. See? Because you can't do sauerkraut and ketchup. I mean, that's that's just, going in a weird territory that I don't. That's going in a chopped basket territory. <laughs> <laughs> you figure it out. <laughs> a point of pride always around this time of year is 
that my father's grandmother was a very distant relative to Nathan of Nathan's oh. Hot Dogs, which is really cool. Although I interviewed like Nathan's son and I was like, we're related, man. And he was like, I don't think so. <laughs> it was very incredulous no I was, for you <laughs> i was like no no like we're, and you know i was like no no like i, I i'm like serious like we're, we're really really he was like very like uh, maybe a lot of people come up to him yeah well they, they want a discount <laughs> exactly that's a great segue into another fourth of july tradition of the hot dog eating contest yes yeah. I usually watch through through my hands with one <laughs> yeah. eye. Like I can't, but I watch, but I still watch. I watch I too. It's I liked it better before when they just ate the hot dogs like like any normal regular person mm-hmm. would eat it. But now that they like they dip, dip them in the water and, and the juice and, and you know, yeah. I, that that part is the worst part. I I can't even. I remember I I, I interviewed for one of one some talking about Esquire again. Some Esquire, I think it was called "What It Feels Like" issue, and I interviewed a guy who had set the record for eating the most amount of butter. Oh, and it turned out he was also lactose intolerant, but no, he still no, did no. it. He no. still did it. No. And I was like, oh, it was no. it was horrible. And that it really horrible, horrible associations. I know. And after that, it it really oh. it was it was a great little piece, but it was um, he needs a career change. Yeah, I was yeah. like, oh my god, <laughs> both much more respect and much more disgust for uh, the, the whole. <laughs> You know, for me, obviously, you know, beer and hot dogs is the classic pairing, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, like a Pilsner, they both come from, or lager, they both come from the same Germanic traditions, right, of sausage and beer. But I, I mean, I, I do think that, like, there are obviously other pairings, well, right? I mean, punch and hot dogs is always going to go well because punch goes with everything. Any normal Fourth of July party can easily easily be turned into a punch drinking contest. <laughs> now I feel normal. I feel normal again. Thank you, Dave. Yeah. I feel yeah. Normal again. Well, what what kind of punch? I mean, there are obviously all types of punches. So, what what kind of like what would what would be your ideal? I usually, if I'm really being like conscientious, I'll make fish house punch. Okay. Oh, yes, of course. Yeah. With uh, Jamaican rum cognac and real peach brandy which we can get again although it's expensive and hard to find but if you can get it then you can make an absolutely authentic philadelphia fish house punch which goes back to uh the colonies it's even older than than america is yeah. the, 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 the republic but you know you 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 got it you dilute it enough and uh you put a lot of ice in it so as the day goes on the punch gets weaker and That's people the keep secret. more and more and they're yeah. like Oh my God! I drank sixteen cups of punch. As you drank five cups of punch and you know eleven cups of almost water, so <laughs> it's fine. You'll be okay. Well, I agree. That's the key to a party where you have a lot of people is to have a pre-batched. Yes. Yeah. I don't put it in a fancy punch bowl. I use a uh, an igloo cooler, and I put you know you put a big label. You you say what's in there. You tape it up there. The, the igloo cooler with like kind of the beverage with a little push button spigot yeah well and we use solo cups because we do go to the roof so there's no glass allowed yeah, right. yeah. You know. we use solo cups too i'm not going to give people like glass you know <laughs> <laughs> this is the fourth of july we're supposed to use excess petroleum products <laughs> we're americans well, that's right for, for you amanda <laughs> would you have a signature hot dog 
drink pairing? You know, when you mention beer, I, I get really excited because I love beer. I've actually cooked hot dogs and beer. Ooh. It's a great way to cook them like as well. It, and what, like, like just, like, would you you first, like, grill them or just boil them right in the beer? Just boil like, them right in the beer. And is there, like, certain so type of beer? Nothing like, too strong. Nothing just too strong. Easy, yeah. easy drinking, Pilsner, easy cooking. You don't want to put it in a cereal milk IPA? Definitely <laughs> not. <laughs> and what do you serve for punch? What, what do you do for, for batch drinks? It all depends on some. Well, I was going to say sometimes I'll make shandies. Oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Good, good. Very summary. Yep. For my beer drinkers. But, um, and like, like, I guess, Shandy, like half lemonade, half beer. That's, yes. That's, yes. Yes. Right. Half lemonade, half beer. Actually, when I was in Mexico City, I learned what a real michelada is. Mm-hmm. Not like tomato with beer no. at all. It's just beer that has lemon or lime. And then it has the, you know, the really beautiful tahine and salt rim on the, on the glass. So well, there's also, there's always, you've got to have the petroleo in there, the oil, which is the Maggi seasoning, which is liquid MSG basically. And that's, that's so Mexican is like, originally it's like Maggi seasoning and hot sauce and lime juice done. You know? yeah. I was, I was so happily surprised to find out because I never loved a American michelada and mm-hmm. then to find out it's just, you know, some citrus and salt and spice and beer. I was like, yeah, this is right. This is yeah. correct. It's um, so good. If you get a good one, it's so amazing. And then you kind of understand like the lagers almost like the canvas that you're painting on with like different, you know, flavors almost, right? It's exactly. sort of a structure and you wanted more citrusy, you wanted more spicy, you're using right. different types of hot sauces, and it, it's totally that chef palette, I was so psyched. <laughs> I was so excited. <laughs> um, but you know, I'm a tequila girl. You know, Noah, I've been trying to work my way into the, the browns and the whiskeys for a long time. We still need to sit down. Yes. We're going to do it this year. We're going to find the time. No matter where you are, I'm going to come <laughs> and I'm going to bring whiskeys. I just took a trip to Armenia and they are very famous for this um, apricot uh, brandy they call now. Oh, yeah. Um, And so I was sipping on that. That's a step in the right direction. Yeah. A step in the right direction. It was very, very good. Um, But so I'll typically make some form of a tequila punch. And because it is so summery, I don't usually do this with my drinks, but I'll usually add like, watermelon juice or Mm -hmm. some kind of fruitiness but i always go boozy af it's (laughs) it's limey it's watermelony i'll usually um put something chunky in there to fill up your solo cup with so you have some uh, soaked fruit yeah sometimes i'll make sangria but i i'll go probably more on the tequila side to keep everybody going because we have to go up to the roof you know so you you need your drink to last yeah um, so I do like, I'm not going to call it a margarita, but a tequila punch. The carbonated path that you were going on. I like that because I think, especially with grilled foods and I don't know, Dave, if you were at this event, but years ago of all people, Krug, the champagne house through mm-hmm. an event where they matched hot dogs with champagne, <laughs> which sounds sacrilegious. And, and, and most people I, probably, the, they, they did a bunch of those. I, I was, I was at one uh right by my house which was as i as was i yeah and it's you know most people i don't think would have the courage to drink a 
two, three hundred dollar bottle of champagne. <laughs> but I mean, really, how much courage does it take? <laughs> it was absolutely delicious. I mean, it was, you know what I mean? It's one of those things that like, I, you know, maybe shouldn't work, but was wonderful. And obviously well, it's sort of a magic trick, you know, like, like all magic tricks, they're really simple once you know what it is. Yeah. And I, I think for me, this, the, the simple part of that trick is champagne goes with everything. <laughs> also. Yes. yes. I agree. Yes. Champagne is, is like a universal beverage. But think about it. What do you normally pair champagne with? Something salty, something fatty, foie gras, yeah. caviar. What's a hot dog? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And it doesn't have to be Krug. I mean, you can, you know, any, it doesn't have to be champagne, but any sparkling wine that yes. is on the dry side would work, I yeah. think, exceptionally, whether it's Cremant or American sparkling wine or, you know, a, a bottle of Gruet, uh, Gruet you know, for sure. chilled is going to be very nice. From New with, Mexico. With, it's with delicious. Yeah. And that costs under twenty dollars. So, yeah, it's you know. wonderful. Um, and I also, uh, you know, anything. I mean, you can top a lot of cocktails with with bubbly, which makes them mm -hmm. delicious. Um, which is a lot uh, of fun. However, I gotta say, oh no, I made uh, the famous Chatham Artillery Punch, which is rum, bourbon, and uh, uh, cognac, uh, lemon juice, lemon peel, sugar. And then mixed with an equal portion of champagne to the booze. Woo! That is the most lethal, lethal, the most lethal punch in the world, and it, it has a rep, it has a reputation going back to the 1850s for being that. And it's true. Those are that. That's when parties go nuts. I mean, to be fair, I don't think we can blame champagne for that. Like, no, it's, definitely that, not. <laughs> oh, the champagne! I'll make the same punch with water instead of the champagne, right. and it'll be like any other punch. I filled a bathtub uh, full of it for Southern Foodways once in uh, Oxford, Mississippi. And uh, and at the end, people were sitting in the bathtub itself trying to scoop the last bits <laughs> for, near the drain. Ah. So, <laughs> I, I like what you said, Noah, like you can't blame it on the champagne. You know, when I was a young cook, we'd go out drinking really hard. And at the end of the night, we'd have pizza and I'd wake up in the morning and be like, oh, that pizza made me feel terrible. Oh, totally. Yeah, it's totally the pizza's fault. <laughs> Absolutely the pizza's fault. Um, yeah, that's the lesson is just no, no pizza. That that put you that. Yeah, if it was if you had not had the pizza, it would have been totally <laughs> yeah. fine. If you want to swap out instead of sparkling wine, I think seltzer or club soda also with especially with fatty grilled foods chips mm -hmm. and salsa dips all of the things that we serve at summer gatherings that carbonation helps cut through whether it's ginger beer or club soda actually that reminds me i had a fourth of july that was a little bit smaller one year i can't remember if it it might have even been like 2020 or 2021 or something yeah. and um i had been in dallas and i had been sort of reintroduced to ranch water. Oh yeah. And uh so I got a case of Topo Chico <laughs> and I made ranch waters and the, the New Yorkers that came over were like, what is this magical liquid? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's just what it's it's tequila, so, Topo Chico is actually uh, bubbly water from Mexico yeah. and, and lime juice. I mean it's and lime juice be... and they, you know it's a tequila I, Ricky. Yeah, they would pour out some of the Topo Chico the way they would do it in in Texas, but I would save the Topo Chico. Yes, they put yeah. the tequila right in the bottle, lime juice right in the bottle, and there you go. Well, wait, the the Ricky as as you referenced, Dave, wasn't that called like the like 
the air conditioner cocktail, right? Like back yeah, in- Yeah, it was, it was liquid air conditioning for DC and, right. you know, back in the 19th century uh, before they had air conditioning, it was what you needed. And that's just uh, gin, lime juice, soda, and ice. I mean, right. the same thing. So You could make it with rye too or bourbon. I mean, that's the beauty too, is that all of these, you know, whether it's ginger beer, ginger ale, club soda, I mean, so many different spirits mix- well with them to make you know some kind of highball in different ratios whether you go from just a splash to equal parts as some bars now do depends sort of on your own preference the strength of the spirit how hot is it you know sometimes for the summer i'll put out a highball bar where i'll like line up you know some uh spirits also like vermouth and campari so you can make americanos Oh yeah, and I'll I'll put some jiggers there if people want to measure, uh, if they want to make an americano, you know exactly. Some <laughs> people are, are that anal that uh, they will do that. But uh, and then you know soda, some ginger ale, you're good, and everybody can. Uh, they, they, but you need to give people a little guidance because otherwise they just splash way too much booze into a glass. Depends upon the bar, right? You either get. Yeah. you know 90 percent you know whiskey and and you know 10 percent soda or you get 90 percent soda and 10 percent whiskey <laughs> well that depends on how much you tip noah right <laughs> that's true that's yeah. true i guess there you go. i guess well, that talks about the onset of the spritz yes yeah. and everybody loves a spritz and i i had the great fortune of going on a non-work trip to italy in the beginning mm. of the year and I was happy to see that a lot of the spritzes were not Aperol. They oh, were. Did you see the Hugo spritz? That one's very popular. Yes. What What is the Hugo spritz? A Hugo is Prosecco, elderflower syrup or puree, hmm. uh, or syrup or liqueur, just right. a little bit. You know, the Italians, the Italian drinks are always a race to see who can get the least alcohol in it. Because <laughs> yeah. that, that's, that's basically... The, they don't want to get they hammered. Drink wine. Right. They drink wine. Right. Yeah, yeah, they drink wine with food. They, they're not. They're not recreational drinkers. So uh, it's soda water, prosecco, elderflower component, and a sprig of mint. And it comes from up in the mountains in the north. And it, you uh-huh. only really get it in the in the in the far north. But it's yeah, very. I saw it on a couple of menus. Yeah. Yeah. But I like the bitterness. I like the bitterness of the Campari. So I really liked yeah. that. That yeah, that, that that one's that one is what I'll usually order. Thank you for bringing up Italian drinking culture, Amanda, because I think that's that's all about food and drinks, right? In America, like we've forgotten that like drinks and food are supposed to go together, and and what and I'll see people drinking, you know, Negronis at midnight, and I'm like, what are you going to have dinner now? Like yeah. what? I mean. <laughs> The whole point of the groin is to stimulate your appetite. And I mean, I'm always hungry, so I can only imagine what I would feel like at midnight drinking Negroni. Like I would have to have like a third dinner. The downside of that, there is a downside to this Italian culture is it's aperitivo hour. I spent a lot of time over there. And you are, and your, and your father was, was Italian. So you can speak. My father was Italian and you know, I, I have citizenship and everything. So I'm over there a lot. This is an expert opinion. I, so I'll go and sit in a cafe and I'll order my Negroni or my whatever. And after a while, you know, 45 minutes have gone by. I've eaten the potato chips that they brought yeah. and uh, and the olives and all that stuff. And I want another drink. And good luck. 
they are set up to give you one drink. That's it. So if you right. get another drink, they've got to bring you the whole aperitivo platter again. again. With all yes. the food, with, well, you don't really need it. You know, right. you might have still some of it left <laughs> and you, you just want a second drink and they just are looking past you and looking past you and right. looking at other tables because as far as they're concerned, you're done. Right. Get out. You had Please get drink. out. Right. For dinner, Dave. Yeah, time for dinner. You had your drink, you know, and you had one little Negroni and it's like, you might want another one. The Negroni's a strong drink, but not a very strong drink. Right. And, and you can easily handle too, but at least I can. Well, I traveled with a friend who had never been. And so when we ordered our Negronis and the potato chips and the olives and the pickles yeah. came out, she was like, what is this? And I said, you can't have a Negroni in Italy without having salty. Oh, right. It's the best. But like, and also Americans look at that like, oh, do I have to pay for these snacks? You know, <laughs> yeah. like, no, it just comes with the drink. Yes. It's, you it's, already did. Yes. <laughs> it's factored in. Like the only aspects of that have that have sort of filtered down to American Korean cultures is maybe like the garnish, right? The olives. Like people are like, you know, be like, I, I want a martini, but with like 14 olives, please. You know, it's like, you know, right. Or bartenders are always talking about people like reaching into the garnish trays to get olives. Obviously, nobody should ever do. Like, I, I don't want that. That's like everybody's worst nightmare. But I mean, that I just wish that we had more. I'm old enough to remember when we did. When you would get peanuts, where you would get potato chips and stuff often. And there are a lot of bars, so, you know, then there were, there were the bars that had the steam table. That right. you were, that you, if you paid for a drink, you could use the steam table, you I, know, and then get some soggy corned beef and uh, well, some, some gross stinky cabbage and you were good. That brings it around to the hot dogs because in New York, I think Rudy's in Hell's Kitchen, right, is like one of the last places, the last bars that I know that serves hot dogs mm -hmm. if you're brave enough. Um, to to have oh, a yeah. hot dog and uh, <laughs> I, I, hot dogs you know. are essentially sterile. It doesn't matter. I, <laughs> yeah. They're already cooked. Um, you don't want to know what's yeah. in them. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. We've all had a cold hot dog. Come on. Oh, yes, for sure. Not for sure. Optimal, but you know, it's <laughs> nobody food. died. Nobody, nobody died. died. Exactly. That we know we of. Tell about that it. we know of. Exactly. <laughs> uh. Well, I mean, again, but that's why it's perfect for summer parties because you are putting out chips and pretzels and nuts mm -hmm. and hummus and all this stuff. And, and, in, and I, you know, we've maybe it's our puritanical roots talking about July 4th, but we've separated from the alcohol. Although I think the pilgrims did bring quite a bit of booze with them on the yeah, main well, flower, they, they, right? They certainly like to drink. So, you know, it is actually part of our culture, whether or not we we want to uh, recognize that. But but all of those like traditional summer snack foods and all the grilled meats and even grilled veggies and all that stuff. I mean, it's perfect for all of the savory cocktails. So, uh, you know, perfect for all those cocktails, I was just looking at the New York Times is just doing a guide of summer dining. Oh, yeah. And, mm -hmm. um, they were listing some stuff in the Rockaways because that's well. If I don't go to Jersey Shore, we'll take little little trip day trips to Rockaway. Oh, yeah. We'll go out to Reese, and you know we always have crispy, fried, salty things. Yeah, yeah. Here on the beach, or even with a cocktail, they now have cocktails at, at, the, at those concessions that are decent, and like something crispy and fried, it doesn't get any better than that. I spend a lot of time in uh, in Trieste in, in the northeast of Italy, and uh, there, my, one of my favorite foods in the world is they'll butterfly uh, 
little sardines or and you know anchovy sort of sardine fish somewhere in between bread them and fry them and they, they take the spine out but you still got the tail as a handle yeah. and these things are like flat and crunchy and yeah. oh my god you can eat about 50 of them which is a problem amazing uh, but uh they're they're cheap they're delicious uh you know i it makes me want to buy a deep fryer <laughs> yeah i get it you know what, Dave, you would have loved at the, when I was the chef at the Harrison, um, I was working with a trout company that okay. would sell things called troutlings and they were wow. baby trouts. And we were pr- probably the only people in New York who had them at the time. And you can eat the whole entire thing. And I Phenomenal. would bread them and fry them. And I served them with like a chive creme fraiche. Yeah. Oh, how good, like how good. Fish French fries. So they were good. just yeah. a, a basket of them. And, and, wow. such, and you know, you're done eating them and you don't feel gross like you do when, no. you, when you've eaten a basket of, of starches, you know? And they were appealing to everybody, even those like non-sardine lovers. I had a sardine yeah. on the menu there too, but because they were just fresh fresh white fish and you just couldn't stop so i miss i miss those because you can't get them anywhere now oh that sounds tasty yeah you know in trieste you get these that came right out of the water that morning yeah it's a big fishing port so it's like oh phenomenal that was i'll always have a a warm place in my heart because that was the very first time i went to italy was in trieste oh cool oh Oh, phenomenal yeah, hardly anybody here. comes up there. My, my my dad was born there, so uh, yeah, I've got family there, and you know, I, I'm there. We were on a culinary tour, and you know, we were introduced on day one and two to the Montasio cheese and the mm-hmm. you know the prosciutto and the polenta, and then by day eight, we were, we were like, okay, the Montasio cheese, the prosciutto, polenta. <laughs> something else. <laughs> it's, it's not, you know. It's the regional. food is, is narrow, but it but it's very good. Oh no, it's delicious. Of course, had some other things as well, but it was that was always on the table. Eh, at least the wines are good. Yeah. The wines are excellent, and at that time, um, my my biochemistry of my body was not. I couldn't drink white wine here. It would always give me a headache, and so we went over there, and I was like, you know what? I, I'm going to dive in. If I get a headache, I'll deal with it. I remember drinking, we were invited to somebody's home. So I couldn't say no to anything, right? right? right. Beautiful white wines that they had and then homemade grappa, whatever. We just went crazy. I woke up the next day, you know, when you open one eye and you're like, how do I feel? (laughs) And I felt great. I felt great. Well, their wines are so crisp and so clean. Yeah. You know, they're, they're really, they're they're made locally. They're not uh, preserved to travel or anything. They just drink them there, you know? So fantastic. Yeah, it's it's lovely. You get all kinds of good ideas for summer, you know, also from that. It's like summer seafood, uh, especially if you can like get a, a pad a, a pot of hot fat going on, you can put that on a corner of the grill. You could deep fry stuff and outdoors you're not going to burn the house down. So there's there's that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I like to experiment uh for summer parties. Uh like like the uh there's the kebab grill. <laughs> we yes, should talk about that for real. a second. We really should. There's a, you know, if you go anywhere, you were just in Armenia. You probably saw it there. It's from Turkey all the way to the border of China. Everybody uses this grill, a mangal, which is just a steel box on stilts with, with holes around the bottom rim of it, the open steel box. And you rest the kebabs over the top. You fill it with coals and it grills them really fast. And it doesn't use a lot of charcoal. And you 
get a whole bunch of skewers and you just put it on. And we got ours in uh, the Russian part of Brooklyn and it's made in Russia. And this thing looks like it was made in an AK-47 factory. <laughs> it is non-stainless steel and you've got to oil it because otherwise it rusts immediately. And it's got every sharp edge that a piece of metal can have. It yeah. is absolutely terrifying. But it works great, and it costs like $60. So uh, it, it's worth it. And then you get a bunch of skewers. It's got some little skewer width slots in the yeah, top. So you can rest where your skewers, skewers rest, yes. Yeah, where, where they lock in so you don't knock them off. And the skewers have little twists in the handle so you can rotate them in the slot. That's and, amazing. Uh, and, and you can just turn it around you know, to each facet, and you're done. It's just uh, a fantastic way to cook for a lot of people. You know, our grills yeah. are just way too small here in America. That makes yeah. so much sense <laughs> to me. Right. You know, yeah, you could fit, you know, you, you could fit 12 skewers at a time. By yes. the time those are cleaned off, you can skewer them up again. You just make a whole bucket of uh you just need everything needs to be cut very small and thin. So it cooks it cooks immediately. Perfect summer food. Perfect to be eating off, you know, like a skewer and talking to people. It's kind of like, uh, you know, the original finger food, I guess. And it's none of this like bothering with like how many minutes aside, you know, you see right. when these things are done. They just rotate over the coals. They get they get a, a, a little crust on them. They're done. We, we say skewers. If the American mind might go to a skewer. No, these, are, these are swords. They're right. swords. Yeah, <laughs> they're long swords. <laughs> Well, it's like it's like the Brazilian plataforma, yes. you know, when you go there exactly. and they're slicing yeah. meat off of, you know, they the, come and they stick a sword on exactly. Table. They they yes. say, unfortunately, you know. our listeners can't see this, but wow, oh, yeah, it, it, it looks like a it looks like a fencing sword <laughs> is basically with a with a handle yes. like on guard exactly right over the coals. <laughs> <laughs> I think Amazing. I know what you're doing for your Fourth of July. <laughs> uh, it might be. There, there might there might be some skewer cooking. There might be some skewer cooking. <laughs> Thank you so much, Amanda, for for coming on. Oh, it was my pleasure. I I I, I will be upset if I don't talk about fried tag cocktails before oh, yeah. we oh please we wrap up. yeah. So friedtagcocktails.com, ready to drink, boozy AF, margarita, Negroni, Manhattan, which you right. like. And uh, special, we have a special coming out for summer, a spicy grapefruit margarita. So those of you who don't want to make your own punch or don't want to make your own drinks, get some practical cocktails over ice. You're done. All done. That's it. You can add club soda if you want. You can add sparkling wine. <laughs> don't, don't add too much sparkling wine. Don't add too much sparkling wine, but that's delicious. And and and. and and you're and you're continuing your your AF series on Instagram or always yes always. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be making some more next week probably lots of summer foods um maybe some Armenian inspired things oh phenomenal uh, how great yeah. amazing yeah. well we'll look out for that and uh, we'll look out for you on Chopped say hello to Ted for us um, I will I love Ted so much you guys have a good summer you too, yeah, you too. we'll see you at the grills but uh, but thank you for coming on. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Happy summer. Cheers. Thank you for listening to another episode of Fix Me a Drink. Dave and I encourage you to always drink responsibly. Cheers.